text today is Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Praising God with a loud voice, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and... He was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Get up, go your way, your Faith has made you well. The word of the Lord. Well, I've heard a lot of sermons over the years on these nine guys. Why didn't they come back? Why weren't they grateful? We need to be more grateful. You should be more grateful. Go be more grateful. I've heard sermons on them. Who was this one guy, this oddball, who turned back? Well, the story I'm about to tell you is not true, but it could be. His name was Enosh. And he was born in the region of Samaria. Now today, that is part of what we call the West Bank. Enosh grew up knowing that Jews and Samaritans hated each other. His grandfather had told him all the stories. How that when the Jews were in exile, the Samaritans tried to take over the Jewish faith. When the Jews came back from exile, the Samaritans were claiming to be Jewish The Jews started to build the temple back up. The Samaritans would come in at night, tear down what they had built up. They hated each other. Jews and Samaritans were oil and water. As a Samaritan, Enosh was raised believing in the Jewish God. He believed in the teachings of Moses The Torah, he celebrated Passover and Pentecost and Feast of Booths and all of that. He strictly observed the Sabbath, just like as if he were Jewish. Raised in a devout family, he was educated in Neapolis. And he owned his own vineyard in Samaria. He made some of the finest or grew some of the finest grapes that made the finest wine in all of Samaria. 
Enosh was married to a beautiful young woman named Rachel, and they had two little boys, eight and ten years old. He had a good, good life, Enosh did. And then one day, something changed. He noticed a red scaly patch on his right arm and it began to itch. It itched all day. That night he put some cream on it, but it continued and the next day there were more patches. And finally he went to the doctor. And that's when things escalated. He saw the doctor's concern and he heard the very carefully chosen words, Enosh, perhaps you should go show yourself to the priest. The priest. Well, the only reason... I would go show myself to the priest as if I had leprosy. I I can't have leprosy. That can't happen to to me. Hmm. I've heard those words many a time in 38 years of ministry from people who have received a diagnosis that changed their life. Not me. The next day they went to um, the priest and it was not good And according to the custom, the priest put Enosh in isolation for seven days. It was a very long week of living alone. And on the seventh day, the priest examined him again, and there was a swelling in the skin that had turned the hair white with raw flesh in that swelling. And the disease had spread to his back and to his chest, to parts of his legs, and now it was on his forehead and up in his scalp and beginning to form on his face. The priest said the painful words, Enosh, you are unclean, and you must live alone outside the community. Nobody wants to hear those words. Rachel had to ask the priest... She said, is there a cure? And with no emotion, the priest said to her, Rachel, we have no cure. I'm very, very sorry. In the twinkling of an eye, everything in this man's life changed. You know what that's like? Some of you do. All of his plans, all that was on his calendar, changed. He wouldn't be going home that night with Rachel. He wouldn't go back to work. He couldn't hold his two sons in his arms. He would live in a colony of lepers, people he doesn't even know. Everything he touched would be considered 
unclean. He would be required by law to wear torn clothing and not groom his hair so people would identify him as a leper. When he was in public, he must cover his lip, the Bible says, and cry out, unclean, unclean, to give a warning to others. Enosh smelled the stench of decaying human flesh every single day and night of his life. He ate what little food was available. He was void of human touch. Nobody touched him anymore. And he couldn't help but wonder this. What sin did I commit that deserves this kind of punishment? Several times he contemplated suicide, but he kept himself alive with one hope that I might get better. For Rachel and his two sons, he stayed alive in his suffering. And then one day, Enosh and nine other lepers were in a village on the border of Samaritan. Now, Jews and Samaritans hated each other so much that a Jew would not walk on Samaritan soil. Now, I mean, I know Duke and Carolina don't get along, but I mean, that's some hate right there. And Jesus was going between in the region. Did you hear that in the Bible? He went in the region between Samaria and Galilee, walking the edge of that boundary of hatred. I think you'll find Jesus in that region a lot. And a village on the border, on the skirt, is where he met them. They had heard that this Jesus of Nazareth, which is a podunk little town in the middle of nowhere, and he was a carpenter's son, so he's a nobody, was coming through their village that day. But that's not what got their attention. What got their attention was they had heard the stories of how he had healed the sick and even cleansed a leper. Now you got my attention. They heard how he had caused a paralytic to walk. How he had raised a widow's son from the dead. How he'd even walked on water, quieted a storm, cast out demons from a man living in chains in a cemetery. They heard about these stories. And how he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. Oh my gosh. If we could just get his attention on this day when he comes through our village, if we could just get him to look at us, he might do for us what he did for them. So they gather with the crowds on the roads. You know, the Bible tells you Jesus was a rock star. I mean, it doesn't say it just like that, but it says that he became so popular in his last year of ministry that he couldn't even go into some villages because of the chaos he created. This is his trip, by the way, to Jerusalem for his crucifixion. They don't know it. 
He's so popular that there must have been a throng of people traveling with him. The dust must have been coming up. There, this little village, the people are sitting out on the dirt road. They're waiting for this entourage to come. And the lepers are standing behind the crowd, hair all messed up, torn clothes. And somebody said, he's coming, he's coming. Enosh couldn't even breathe. You know how your heart races when you're excited? And when he came about right here, the lepers all cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. All the noise and all the commotion, it says that Jesus saw them. Man, that is no small detail in the Bible. Nobody sees a leper. Nobody sees somebody with AIDS. Nobody sees anybody who's, who's, who's wrong in society. Nobody sees them. Nobody wants to see them. Ugh. Nobody sees disgusting people. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw He turns from everything that's going on, looks over the crowd, his little patch of lepers over there and back on their tiptoes. And he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now the 10 lepers are standing, standing there. Joints are all locked up. Flesh is rotten. And they looked, they had to do this. I'm making this up, but they had to do it. They had to look at each other and go, heard that before. Go and show yourselves to the priest. The only reason a leper would go to a priest is if he or she had been cured. Are we cured? I don't know, but I know this. He saw us, A, that never should have happened. B, he spoke to us, that really never should have happened. And C, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. I'm going. Now, lepers can't run. Lepers have their their knees are locked up, their joints are... Or, or like they've got Elmer's glue on. They're, the only thing a leper could do is just sort of shuffle. So you can see all 10 lepers, the crowd is still enjoying Jesus. And here they go. To show themselves to the priest. And on the way, their leprosy fell off their bodies. I don't know how that happens. I mean, I know how it happens. But I don't, I don't know how that happens. I know one thing. I wish I saw more of that. If more of that happened, I could fill this church up and have a parking problem. You better get over to First Presbyterian Church. People are getting healed over there. We'd have cars lined up all the way to Libby Street waiting just to see this Jesus. 
But it happened here, apparently. They were cured of their leprosy. Now, nine of them kept going to see the priest because they needed to hear the priest say, you are clean. That has to happen. By law, it has to happen. Enosh disobeyed Jesus. He told him to go see the priest, but Enosh turned, and you could almost see him watching Jesus in the entourage, walking down that dirt road, heading south to Jerusalem. He's leaving the premises, and Enosh goes, I have got to go thank him. This is incredible. I have my life back. I'm going home tonight. I get to sleep in my bed, brush my teeth, cut my hair and comb it. I get to put on the clothes hanging in the closet. I get to eat at the table. I'm going to the vineyard tomorrow. I get to see my mother. That man gave me my life back. So the Bible says he turns... And he runs to Jesus, and it says he was praising God with a loud voice. Isn't that interesting? The Bible tells you that. It could have just said he came back praising God, but it doesn't. It says he came back praising God with a loud voice, which means he was not Presbyterian. (laughs) You know, Presbyterians would have sent a handwritten thank you note. Dear Jesus, thank you so much. Enjoyed being with you the other day. It was delightful. You know, all that. I don't know. I don't think there's any other voice you can have when you become aware of God's grace other than a loud voice. I've got to thank God for my life. And then the Bible says, not only did he come back with a loud voice, but he prostrated himself. Now, for all the children who, that might be a little bit bigger word than you use, okay? That means if Jesus were on this front step, this leper came back and laid down face in the ground, in the dust at Jesus' feet. There's no more humble posture for humanity than that. He's wearing leper clothes, but he's not a leper. (laughs) He's healed. He's a new man. He got his life back and he came back to praise Jesus. and, And Jesus says, where are the other folks? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, that doesn't matter. I'm here. And then Luke adds this footnote. This is crazy. This is a crazy footnote. And he was a Samaritan. <sighs> He's the guy we hate. You know what he is? He's the wrong guy in the right place. He's the wrong guy in the right place. That's what Luke's telling you. And he was a Samaritan. 
Now, none of us in this room or or listening um, today will will ever have leprosy. I'm pretty safe in saying that. There are some pockets of it left in the world, but not for you. But do we not all suffer in our alienation from God in some way? Don't all of us live outside the camp somehow? All of us. Alienated from the God who created us. Separated from that God. And you may never experience such an instantaneous healing as this. And yet, the cross and the resurrection instantaneously healed all of humanity. In one moment, in the raising of Christ from the dead, we were all given our life back. All of us. So what happens next? The story stops there, but what do you think? Do you think Enosh got up and went back to the vineyard and skipped church on Sunday? (laughs) No. Here's what I think. I think everything that man did when he got up was an act of gratitude to God. Everything. And we make a mistake when we say, put an amount on your pledge card and give God a little something. We got it wrong. Everything belongs to God. Everything in praise to God. If God doesn't have all of your life, then I'm going to say this. God doesn't have any of your life. All of it. Your talent, your money, your, your, your ability to make things happen. This room, just this room can make things happen in this city that other rooms can't make happen. That power belongs to God. Everything you do when you get up from the dust of gratitude is stewardship, all of it. There's nothing excluded in your life that wouldn't be an act of praise to God if you became aware of one thing. You have got your life back in Jesus Christ. You did. God help us to find that dust of gratitude and to get up and live as a grateful people, we pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, All God's people said.